the first ever episode of WTF Am I Drinking? This is a new series from Taproom where we will be talking to some of our favorite brands and experts to better get to know different drink styles and trends and answer some burning questions. Because we're all at different levels of beer and beverage fandom and knowledge and really no one has ever done learning, so why not have some fun doing it? You might find a new favorite drink along the way too. I'm Courtney Eisman and I'll be your host. I work on Taproom's blog. I'll be joined by Taproom's creative lead, Hannah Heath. This week, for our first episode, we're talking to a brand we are very excited about, Ditto, about what a piquette is. Ditto is a new brand making serious waves with their piquette spritz, which they make with red raspberries, lemon juice, and natural botanicals. Co-founders G.A. Velios and Jake Schlesinger are walking us through all things piquette and all things Ditto. Let's get into it, shall we? All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, GA and Jake. We're so excited to have you and and Ditto as a brand talking with us at Taproom. Uh, how are you doing Thanks today? Thanks for having us. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's a good day. Can't complain. Uh, weather's somehow still holding out. It's actually really nice here in New York. So, so no complaints there. And and yeah, I'm excited to have a chance to talk to you guys. Thank I'm you for so- having us. Yeah, it's uh sweater weather officially. <laughs> I'm so excited to jump into this. When um, I first heard about this brand, I just had such a different idea of what a piquette spritzer was. And then when we actually sat down and all tasted it together, my mind was blown. And it's like one of my favorite like non-beer drinks to have. So I can't wait for y'all to um, blow everyone else's minds too. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is super exciting. Uh, so I think best thing to do then is to just dive right in. Um, so we want to hear from Ditto, from the experts here. Tell us what exactly is a piquette? You know, what would it be considered like a style of wine, a varietal? Can you sort of like walk us through the basics? Sure. Yeah. So piquette is a style of wine with like a really long history. Uh, in effect, it means that you're taking the, uh, grape pumice uh, after wine is produced, grape pumice kind of being the, uh, the skins, the seeds, the pulp, the stems, kind of whatever is left after wine is, is made, fermented, and pressed. Uh, and then ultimately, you're taking that pumice and you're rehydrating it. So you're adding water to it uh, and then you're doing another fermentation uh, on it. It's effectively, we like to describe it as wine's cousin, really. Awesome. Uh, so is there sort of like, is there a history here? You know, is there a little like background on the Piquette that you can fill us in on? Yeah, it's um, it's actually pretty interesting. I think it wasn't something we were initially aware of when we first started kind of exploring this, but like Jake kind of alluded to it, but there's actually a really lengthy history kind of behind the, the product itself. And uh, Piquette is a French word. Um, and so the name kind of appeared uh, kind of 19th century France, uh, farmhands and vineyard workers would, would make this product to uh, kind of just enjoy themselves and, and almost even have throughout the day as something that they could drink while still being productive uh, for the rest of the day. Um, but it also actually 
dates even further back all the way to times of ancient Rome and ancient Greece, um, where you can kind of see uh, similarly the, the folks that kind of made the wine, uh, saving these leftovers and utilizing it to, to create this, you know, water wine type of product um, that, that they were able to consume themselves for, for kind of the, the lower classes who couldn't necessarily afford wine. Wow, that actually does go back a lot further than I was expecting. That's awesome. Um, so especially talking about, you know, how a lot of us weren't really familiar with this, especially before Ditto really burst onto the scene with the Piquette. Um, like, considering that history and, and sort of it bubbling back up again, no pun intended, uh, like how common or uncommon have Piquettes sort of been in recent years? Yeah, so piquettes have really been having a bit of a moment. Um, they've definitely been written about uh, in quite a number of like very reputable publications, kind of in in the food industry and in the wine industry as well. Um, really, this all kind of started in the U.S. Uh, over at Wild Ark Farms. This gentleman is an amazing winemaker, uh, Todd Cavallo, has really been the kind of champion of the product uh, and really the one who reintroduced it uh, to the U.S. or introduced it to the U.S. for that matter. Uh, he started making piquettes about five years ago in 2016 uh, at Wild Ark and really uh, did so in a way that uh, made the product really just delicious, light, refreshing, accessible. Um, and he really inspired other uh, winemakers and other vineyards to do the same. So piquette is being made at many dozens of independent wineries from New York, Texas, Maryland, Oregon, California, um, are all making really delicious bottles of Piquette. Um, and we couldn't be more excited about it. Uh, when we discovered uh, Todd's initially at Wild Ark, we were just mind blown um, at how delicious it was and were inspired to actually make a Piquette brand of our own. Right. Yeah, and I think it's all yeah, also yeah, kind of really cool to me that, um, you know, a lot of these wineries are kind of treating this as, as a bit of a side project, um, which is not to say they aren't, you know, great products in and of themselves, but as a result, they tend to be smaller batches, hard to get our hands on. Um, you know, Jake and I obviously, I mean, we're following Wild Ark on Instagram, waiting for those drops, and it's still hard to get. Um, and, and so one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing here is is to really be able to bring that to a kind of broader audience as well. And really kind of our focus is on the Piquette. It's not a side project for us. It's what we, it's what we do uh, day in and day out. Right. So have you um, like discover Piquette? What was the first time that you had it? It was uh, upstate. This was sometime just before the pandemic, actually. Uh, we were both upstate uh, and just in like a rented home up there. Um, we discovered it through this uh, wine shop called Kingston Wines, which is a truly amazing place, kind of a little bit of a, a mecca in, in the Hudson Valley. Um, and we had this piquette up there from Beaujolais uh, that, again, was a mind-blowing experience um, where, the, yeah, that was our first like, entry point into, into the product. So yeah, even, and that even was, new for you guys. Yeah, no, it, it really was, and I think it's it's something that um, Jake kind of 
found first. Like he, he's more into the natural wine movement um, than I am. Uh, I enjoy natural wines, but he, he tends to take a little bit more of an interest in the space and what's going on. And so uh, when he was able to share that with me and we kind of had this moment where we're like, oh my God, how is this not something that everyone can have access to? Like, how can, how can something this good be such a, I don't know if it's like a secret or if no one's paid attention to it or what the deal is, but, but how do we kind of take this thing that we found and, and really just kind of spread it around? And, and, you know, as you think about the sustainability angle on top of it, the history angle on top of it, there's just so many fascinating elements to Piquet. Um, that was just such an exciting thing for us to start exploring going down the path of. Yeah, I do want to get to the sustainability factor in a second, but, uh, you know, something I was wondering that, you know, you've kind of teed up here really is obviously Piquet is really special, really unique. Um, and you've been getting into, you know, how that jumped out to you in particular. So I'd kind of like to like trace that to the origins of Ditto, you know, like how, it sparked that it was so special to you that you were like, this is what we want to make our focus. And, and maybe if you can sort of use that to tell us a little bit about the origins and growth of the brand so far. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, that, that story there kind of speaks to how we were introduced to it. And I think first and foremost, it was, it was the taste. Um, it was just light. It was refreshing. Uh, it was kind of, you know, some articles have really called it wine's answer to hard seltzers. And, and that was kind of the initial hook for us. And I think it's it's food and beverage is a space that Jake and I have a lot of um, relevant kind of background in. Um, and so we've kind of seen trends come and go. And one of the things that we've seen a lot of in the broader space is this element of sustainability. Um, however, the alcoholic beverage space tends to be a little bit on, on the on its back foot with regards to that. And so the ability to not only have this great tasting product, but also have it be sustainable um, and, and kind of low impact to the environment was, was really important to us and, and kind of only reinforced um, our desire to kind of go and proceed with this project. Um, and, and I think the other kind of thing to add on there too is because these wineries and these vineyards have this pumice, they don't have anything to do with it we saw this as a unique opportunity to also add value to the supply chain that, that exists already and provide an incremental revenue stream to some of these winemakers that, that would otherwise just have to discard and in some cases even pay to have this pumice removed. Every kind of individual winery that we were talking about before uh, is making Piquet, or if they do make Piquet, they're making it with their own great pumice with, from the wines which they made. Uh, our goal is to take this amazing resource and to go to many wineries um, to add value to those wineries to provide them revenue streams as well. Um, so we've, you've gotten into it a bit, just really, it's kind of essential to explaining what Piquet even is. Um, just for curious listeners uh, and people who will be reading about this on the blog, is there sort of any more detail that you can go into about production, just sort of the step-by-step -step process um, and then if you sort of want to lead into any more detail about the sustainable, the sustainability factor of that. Sure. So effectively, Piquet is like making this great pumice wine like tea um, because you're taking pumice, which is a solid with 
some leftover liquid uh, remaining, uh, some basically some wine remaining within the pulp. Uh, and you're taking that resource and you're transferring it to another bin and you're adding then uh, water into it. So it's effectively you're soaking that grape skin um, because there's a lot of flavor and nutrient left over there. Um, and there's still sugar uh, that remains within the pumice as well. Uh, and that's what causes the fermentation uh, to continue uh, after, after wine production. Um, it's really important, I would say, one thing that we do to ensure uh, freshness of, of our piquet and clean taste is we take the pumice immediately after uh, wine is pressed and, and transfer it to another tank to, to start our, uh, our fermentation. Uh, it's a very short fermentation. It can range in the 48, 72-hour range, um, after which we just repress the wine uh, and then drain it off. Uh, and that is how you make a piquette. Yeah, and, and kind of just to hit on that second point around how it's sustainable, um, really kind of one of the main ways is is that we are not using grapes, right? We're using already pressed out grapes. And so we bypass a lot of that water and energy usage that goes into growing incremental crops. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the things that we noticed and it's been really interesting to see working with these vineyards out in Napa that the um, vineyards out there already actually are very sustainably minded when it comes to their farming practices. Um, but at the end of the day, you still need water, you still need energy and resources to kind of grow those crops. So why not find a way to use something that um, has already been used once and just bypass that altogether. Um, and then, and then there's also just a sustainability from the perspective of, of the supply chain um, and just economics of the industry. And, and again, being able to add that value and really just drive some incremental revenue to these folks is just another way that we can kind of help out. Great. Uh, so what does sort of make Ditto's Picat super unique? Um, this is, we just want to hear all the, all the fun, amazing stuff we know that you'd have to say about the piquette that you make. So, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So really, uh, we spritz it up is, is the kind of the, the unique thing about, about our piquette in particular. Um, and most of the piquettes that you see out there, they are just piquette. Um, rarely, if any, uh, are doing anything additional. Um, but what we decided to do is because we knew we could make a great piquette every year, um, we decided to say, what else could we imagine this beverage being um, to continue to excite uh, our, our drinkers? Um, and what we decided to do was to add a little bit of real fruit juices and botanical extracts that served to kind of uh, enhance and uh, magnify some of the flavors that actually were already uh, existent in the piquette, because at the end of the day, it's, it's uh, as we said, it's wine's cousin. So it still retains some of the same flavor notes uh, that were present in the, in the grapes that were used to make the wine. Um, so we use things now for our flagship product, red raspberry. We use raspberry juice. We use lemon juice to brighten. Uh, we use vanilla extract to kind of round flavors a bit. Uh, and we use a star anise extract to kind of give this back of the palate, almost herbaceous uh, note to kind of keep you intrigued. Um, yeah, so those are the things that we do to, to really uh, 
make Ditto's PCAT unique. Yeah, and just kind of, it, it's been great to, to kind of get out there, have people taste the product. And, and one of the things that we're most proud of is when someone tastes it, not like yourself, Hannah, and you're like, I, I'm not sure what I was expecting, wasn't this, and I love it. Like for us, that's one of the, the best things that, that we can kind of hear from folks is, because uh, that, that's the reaction we had. It was something so new, something so different. We can call it a, a spritzer, we can call it a wine seltzer, um, but it's got that light, refreshing quality while retaining flavor. And it, it's not, it's hard to explain, but it doesn't taste like a watered down wine. It doesn't taste like a wine flavored seltzer. It really has its own unique flavor and structure around it that that is enabled by, I suppose, the process. You know, wine is, you know, part part science, part art, part, you know, leave it to the gods. And I think that's what's really cool about, about what we're doing here. It's interesting that its comparison is like wine's answer to seltzer, because I think it's so much better than a hard seltzer. Mm. It's so much more flavorful. And you're right. It doesn't taste like a watered down wine. I actually equated the flavor more to kombucha, um, like without, not as funky, but just like has more flavor than a seltzer and it's not artificial at all. Um, plus you get a great alcohol percentage, um, too. So, and like low calories. So it's just as satisfying, um, but just so much more enjoyable to drink. Absolutely. Yeah. We've, we've heard that comparison before, um, with the kombucha. So we, this is, we think that kombucha drinkers, hard kombucha drinkers will find naturally that they do love our PCAT spritz. Totally. Yeah, actually, speaking of drinking it and enjoying it, um, I am really curious uh, if you have any thoughts, suggestions, wild ideas, not so wild ideas on pairing your PCAT. You know, are there foods it goes really well with? Um, I'm sure you're going to say all occasions, but are there like (laughs) that it's like just the thing for? Yeah, no, it's funny. You know, it's it is. It is kind of a cop out to say, you know, yeah, it pairs well with everything and it's for all occasions. And I think, you know, part of that is, is just the, the nature of it being a super light and super refreshing and, and fizzy beverage, right? You think about a light, refreshing and fizzy beverage. When would you not want to have that? Um, but, but yeah, on the food side of things, I think it's, you know, food and occasions, you know, barbecues is kind of a quintessential kind of occasion that we would think about drinking and goes well with kind of burgers and dogs. I think um, it's actually a nice alternative to wine if you're doing like a charcuterie board with some, you know, meats and cheeses. And I think that's kind of where we have that that extra, you know, touch of flavor beyond the seltzers that it still holds up to something like that. Um, one area where Jake and I actually disagree is I actually really like it with spicy Asian food. Um, typically, you know, that's a, that's a cold beer type of an occasion and wine doesn't typically go too well, especially a red. Um, but I, I love the lightness, the refreshingness of it as it goes with spicy food. Jake disagrees and he is wrong, but I'll let him make his case if he so chooses. <laughs> I will not, I will choose not to make my case uh, in this public forum, but I will say like some, some, some other, uh, we've hosted dinner parties. Uh, we, you know, have hosted events that, you know, people are just having dittos outside of picnics. Uh, it fits 
into people's lives really is like the genesis of what we were trying to create is to meet people where they already are. Um, so that's what we found is that people love these, you know, when they're just chilling at home after work and watching Netflix or, you know, when they just decide to go to the park and just kind of crack open a can. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the cooler things that we did was uh, with our launch party, actually. Um, it was an entirely ditto party. So we, we sat there and went back and forth, like, should we get some beer for folks? We said, no, if people are coming to this party, they're going to drink ditto. We had it in a few forms, but we, you know, we had ditto in our cans. We had a sangria and then we also did some cocktails and uh, there were no complaints. No one ran off to the bodega to grab a six pack. And so that was actually really cool to see as well. Yeah, not only is the can beautiful, but when the actual beverage is poured into a glass, it's such a beautiful color. And like, it's not like if you poured, I mean, people are just going to think I'm hating on seltzer, but if you're just pouring a seltzer into a glass, it's not really like giving me anything for my happy hour. But if I'm pouring ditto into a glass, like it is like a glass of wine it has like this beautiful, like burgundy color. And um, I just think that like reminds you of the process and the like organic, um, you know, make of the drink, which I, I think just adds to it. Yeah, no, that, that's great to hear. And, and yeah, you know, we, we don't really hate on seltzers either. Now I'll, I'll typically have some seltzer in my fridge at, at any given point, but it's, it's, it's different, but it's, it's also kind of one of those things that you inevitably have to compare it against because there's nothing else to compare it against. And I think the hard kombucha point you made actually was, was a pretty great one that we thought about. And it's cool to hear some other folks kind of making that comparison as well. Yeah, I have to say everything about the brand is just so aesthetically pleasing. Like, like Hannah said, from from the can to like what's actually being poured, like it is just as lovely looking as it is tasting, which is just really nice. Um, Thank you. All right. Shout out to Buddy Buddy uh, in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, they did our, wonder, our wonderful creative agency who did such an incredible job. Shout yeah, out to, yeah. to Ross and Andy. It really is. Yeah, great. Ross and Andy are great guys. And uh, it was funny, you know, they, similar to us, kind of two friends who kind of had crossed paths, left their jobs to go start their agency together. So there was a bit of a bit of a bonding experience that happened um, during that whole process. And they've been really great. Love it. Um, all right. I think you did it. I think you explained the magic of a piquette. Um, I feel like anyone who hasn't tried it yet is definitely going to be intrigued. Um, I want one right now. Uh, but uh, any final sort of, you know, any, any final like thoughts, what you want people to know sort of to take us out here? Um, no, I think it's, it's been great. I really appreciate you guys having us um, and giving us a chance to tell our story. Um, for everyone else out there, just stay tuned, follow us on Instagram, check out our website. Um, you know, it's red raspberry for now. There will definitely be additional flavors coming soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, just keep your eyes out on shelves. Uh, we'll also be kind of launching uh, e-commerce within the next few weeks as well. So lots of exciting stuff to come. Yeah. Thank you all for, for your support uh, for Taproom and to anybody intrigued by Piquette and the, the curious uh, who have tuned in. So thank you. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It was so great to talk to you. Um, and yeah, we're, we're looking forward to seeing all the great things to come from Ditto. So cheers. 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 See you guys. so much ditto and thanks everyone to listening to wtf am i drinking head to taproom to try ditto's piquette spritz for yourself and let us know what you thought of this first episode find taproom on instagram and twitter at taproom beer that's t-a-p-r-m beer and tell us if you have any burning questions about beer styles hard seltzer techniques and more just may do an episode of wtf am i drinking about it cheers cheers